Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I'd like you to grab your Bibles, if you would, tonight, and I'd like you to go to the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew. And we're going to go to chapter 7 this evening. While you're turning there, a friend of ours um, approached me last week, and she is a school teacher here in Sarasota, and she was subbing for a second grade class, and um, we connected this past week, and she told me this funny story, and she went into the second grade class and was subbing the children there, and she happened to walk into the room where these two little boys, actually there was, there was two little boys, this little girl they were all standing together, and there was a discussion going on about who is God and who is Jesus. And our, our friend, her ears went right up, and she was listening intently. And who is God and who is Jesus? And so this little boy started sharing with his friend and saying, well, Jesus, Jesus, he's the king of all. He's the king of all the earth. Jesus is the king. He's the king of all the earth. And he's, he's like, well, who, who is God? He's like, well, well God... God is the creator of all. God, God, ha- he's the creator of all. And he, he has all of this and all power too. And, and then the other kid goes, well, well, who is Satan? And the boy smacked his friend in the shoulder and he said, Satan? He said, well, don't say that name around me because he's the devil and I'm afraid of him. And this little girl smacked him in the shoulder. True story. Smacked him in the shoulder and said, wait a second. I thought you told me you were afraid of cockroaches. (laughs) It's fun, isn't it? Theology in a second grade class, right? Theology in a second grade class. I thought you were afraid of cockroaches. That's funny. That's just funny. I loved it. The next thing that my friend shared with me, though, as a school teacher, she said, you know, Brian, she said, in my heart of hearts, I wanted to jump in. She was subbing in a public Sarasota school. She said, in my heart of hearts, I wanted to jump into that conversation and started sharing with those children who Jesus really is. And she said, but I couldn't do that because I knew that I would be reprimanded and my job would be on the line. And after we got done talking, I was like, Lord, is this America? That bothers me, hey? Are you tracking with me? We need a a stunning outpouring of the Holy Ghost in America. Amen? We need a stunning outpouring of the Holy Spirit, a revival, a true awakening so that we return back to our Father. Amen? The way that I pray over America all the time is I speak to the prodigal nation. It's what I speak. I speak to the prodigal nation, and I declare and decree for the prodigal nation to return back to the Father's house and the Father's love. I encourage you to pray that with me and keep praying that daily. Would you do that? Would you do that? Are you in Matthew chapter 7 tonight? Some powerful words of Jesus, this epic, epic unfolding of the Sermon on the Mount. We were there just about this time last year. We were heading into the Galilee where Jesus gave this epic, epic message. Some of you in this room were with us on that trip. 
and you will remember. This is an epic message of Jesus, and, and it seems like, you know, Jesus was always turning things uh, on its head and right side up. Amen? Helping us really define our true equilibrium and our true balance of what the Father's heart and the Father's design really is. His messages were so powerful. They were so intense. They were so illuminating. And I want to begin tonight right around um, verse 13 as we begin to dive into the text this evening. And I want to talk to you tonight about solid rock or sinking sand. Solid rock or sinking sand. Thank you, Father, for your anointing. Thank you for the anointing. Jesus said, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few that find it. This is not a very popular verse right now in 2019. But it's a word that we need to hear from Jesus right now. Narrow is the gate. Difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few that find it. Verse 15, beware. This is Jesus' words, not Brian's. Jesus, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or Figs from thistles, even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall... Enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I got to tell you, that is one of the scariest scriptures in all the Bible. How many of you would agree? That's one of the scariest verses in all the Bible. People that thought they were moving in the Spirit, but yet their heart was far from God. That Jesus would say, I don't know you. You are practicing lawlessness. Wow. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. Notice this. Whoever hears these things, these sayings of mine, and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall. Now, that should be very encouraging to every one of us tonight. Amen? It did not fall, for it was founded upon the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them 
will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, they beat upon the house, and it fell. Great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teachings. For he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. I want to talk to you tonight about building our lives upon the Lord in Christ alone. Building our lives upon the Lord in Christ alone. I want you to notice that Jesus says these words that you need to hear and you need to do it. He likens the wise man or the wise woman as the one who hears his word and then obeys that word and yields or conforms to that word. Hear those words again. The wise man is the one who hears the word. Many of us are hearing, right? The seed is being distributed. The word of the Lord is going out. But he says the one who hears then yields and conforms himself to that word and obeys that word. He's the one or she is the one who is walking in actual wisdom. See, the good news is this tonight is that Jesus said whoever hears his words and obeys them, he'll be a wise man who built his house on the rock, and that house will never be torn down. It'll never be moved. Hallelujah. It'll never be moved. In Psalm chapter 18, in verse 2, it says, The Lord is my rock. He is my high fortress. He is my deliverer. He's my God. He's my strength. In whom I will trust. Psalm 16 and in verse 8, it says, I know the Lord is always before me. I love this verse. I know the Lord is always before me. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Glory to God. I love that. Psalm 62 and 6, it goes on, the Lord is my rock. He's my high fortress. He says, again, I will not be shaken. There's only one way, my friends, my brothers, my sisters. There's only one way to truly build our life in a world that is really being shaken because all things that can be shaken are shaking right now in all the nations of the world. Government systems are shaking right now, and you better believe that God is in it. Everything in the church that can be sh- in the church that can be shaken, believe me, God is shaking it. Why? So that that which cannot be shaken will be exalted and revealed. This is good news tonight. This is good news. I want to be the man. I want you to be the man, to be the woman who builds your house upon Christ alone. Come on. Christ alone. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I'll give you a moment to turn there. I know we provide these things on the screen that helps you, but a lot of you are flipping your iPads and your smartphones, and, and I, I, we still need that app that, that sounds like paper turning, right? We need that app, but, right? Are you with me? 
So Paul writes <laughs> in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and beginning in verse 11, he says, For there is no other foundation that anyone can lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Say amen. There is no other foundation, no other foundation that anyone can lay than that which is laid. This is from the Apostle Paul. Than that foundation which is Jesus Christ. Folks, Jesus Christ is our rock. He is our rock. He is our high fortress. He is our deliverer. He is our mighty strength. He is your shelter. He is your shield. Hallelujah. It's who he is. He's a firm foundation to build your life upon. He is a firm foundation to build your life upon. See, if you obey Jesus and everything that he will tell you to do in your word, you, his word, you will have assurance. Ladies and gentlemen, people need assurance and they need confidence in this world and in this hour. If you need confidence, if you need assurance in your life, build your life right upon the Lord himself and the power of his gospel and the power of his word will shield you and keep you all the days of your life, regardless of what kind of storm will come against you. Are you with me tonight? No matter what the fierceness of storm, whatever, whatever battle you may face, a physical battle, a financial battle, a relational battle, what, whatever it is, you will be standing firm and strong upon the Lord. That's good news, isn't it? It's good news. God wants us to build firmly and securely upon the eternal rock, which is the Word of God. It is the eternal rock. I love what we were singing about worshiping the Lord eternally. Eternally. It's the eternal Word. Remember when Jesus talked about His Word. He said, heaven and earth, it shall pass away, but my Word shall remain forever. I remember the first time that I went to Israel and I went to Jerusalem and I, I had the opportunity to go to the Western Wall. And many have asked me about that experience, but I remember going to the wall there. I didn't have a piece of paper to present, but I made a promise to the Lord. And I said, Lord, in the kingdom come, in the kingdom come, when we cross from the threshold of time into the threshold of eternity, I will be here in your city when your throne is here. And my wife and I and my son and daughter, we will worship you here eternally forever and ever. I made that commitment. I made that covenant. You're going to see me dancing in the streets. I'll be step aside, David, or I'm right there with you, David. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's the eternal word. We are in an eternal kingdom. Ladies and gentlemen, your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. You are a citizen of heaven. I'm telling you what, God is removing us from the natural uh, synchronization of virtual reality so that we are no longer trapped to this world or the systems of this world, that we are living from a place of eternity knowing that we shall go on forever and ever and ever and ever, so shall we be with the Lord. Okay, I'm just going to keep on preaching tonight. 
This is an eternal word. It's an eternal Savior. It's an eternal Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. You are an eternal being. And in a hundred million years from now, you and I will be very much alive. And we will be before the throne worshiping Him. You know why? This word is eternal. This word is eternal. You want to build your life right, my brother? You want to build your life right, my friend? Build your life upon the eternal words and promises of God. Storms are going to come. Jesus told us that. They're going to come. you got to make sure that you're anchored. you got to make sure that you're planted and you're standing firm. And we've just seen this amazing storm come through near the eastern coast of Florida, Dorian. Never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like it. Never seen a storm coming and sitting going one mile per hour just sitting there. I do happen to believe that the saints of God were in the place of prayer, the secret place of prayer, calling upon the Lord. That's where we were, calling upon the Lord. Storms can be devastating. We see what has now happened in the Bahamas. I want to encourage you tonight. I, I threw some of this in my notes. If you, if you, I know many of you have already given but if you are looking for a place to sow, go to CBN, Operation Blessing. CBN, Operation Blessing. You can also go to Samaritan's Purse, who is connected with Franklin Graham, who is Billy Graham's son. Boy, did he raise an amazing son. Amen. I'll tell you what, Billy Graham, he raised a champion. I'm telling you what, Franklin Graham is fierce. He's bold as a lion. I thank God for him. Then there's also Convoy of Hope. If you're interested in those ministries, you can look those up. But these are ministries that began to ship aid and humanitarian resources, rescuing resources to the Bahamas if you want to be part of that. You know, I was, I was so touched. <clears throat> How many of you saw the story about the man in Jacksonville that went into Costco and bought 100 generators and had them put on a boat and shipped immediately to the Bahamas. How many of you saw that? That was so powerful. I even, I wrote this down. His bill, his bill was $49,285.70. I'll tell you what, I'd like to go shake that guy's hand tonight. Amen? Come on, give praise to God for that. That's amazing. Walks into a Jacksonville Costco, says, I want 100 generators right now, and had them put on a boat. How, how many of you remember the, the airport was completely besieged and underwater? The only thing that we could do was get ships with aid sent over there. It's amazing. I think one of the main lessons that we need, listen good right now, please listen good. One of the main lessons that we need to be learning right now is that we cannot, we cannot put our primary trust, our primary trust in government. We have to trust in the Lord. He is our healer. He is our protector. He is our provider. And He is also the one who gave us the Spirit his very spirit inside of us to prepare us for storms of life that are on their way. And some of these storms, there's no way to get out of them. 
Okay, I'm not a bearer of bad news. Some of these storms, there's no way to get out of them, but the Lord will see you through that storm. As surely as he told his disciples, get into that boat, go to the other side. Are you hearing me? He will get you to the other side. But we've got to learn, folks, our primary trust cannot be in the government. you got to hear this tonight. See, if we continue to place our hope, in the government, or any kind of level of human organization, we're going to be building our lives on shaky ground. We'll be shaken by what is coming. Hmm. There's a lot of people right now that are openly criticizing our government. I'll tell you what, we should not be doing that. There's a lot of people being openly critical about our government. I'll tell you what, we need to be doing right now. We need to be standing and prophesying and praying and getting actively involved to shape our government. I've said so much, so many times, the kingdom of God has never been called to retreat from the battle of culture. We have been called to run forward and engage it so that God can use us to truly shape the culture of this nation. Are you hearing me tonight? But I also want to say this. There is not a government of any nation on the face of this planet that is ready for the, for the level of shaking that is coming. I want to say that again. There is no government on the face of this planet in any nation, sheep nation or goat nation, that is ready for the level of shaking that is coming. However, the good news is Jesus told Peter, he said, I'm going to build a church. I'm going to build a church. I'm going to build an ecclesia. I'm going to build a powerful people of my sons and daughters in the gates of hell. It will not prevail against them. You got to get this branded in your heart and soul, folks. You and I are part of the church that Jesus is building that the gates of hell cannot stand against. Are you with me tonight? Glory. I believe that life consists of choices that we make. You believe that? It consists of, of choices that we make, and it's built by the things, our lives are built by the things that we do every day. It's built by the habits that we, we invest in our lives and we begin to construct in our lives. So how do we know if we're building secure? How do we know that we're really building our life secure? We've got to ask these questions. How do, how do we really know? And, and how do we know that, that our world is not going to fall to pieces when it really gets rough? Well, you have to go back to Jesus' words found in Matthew 7. You have to go back to the instructions for construction. You have to go back to the instructions for constructions. And here's the words again in verse 24 and 25. I'm there. Are you there? And he says, And therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and he does them, I liken him to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rains descended, the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded 
upon the rock. It was founded upon the rock. Notice it did not fall. See, the majority of us in, in this Christian life, we recognize that this life is not a passive life. You actually have to be aggressive. You know, there's a lot of things that I think it's a personal conviction. I think a lot of people pray and they ask God to accomplish things that he's already done and provided for. And then I think a lot of people pray and they ask God to do things that he expects us to do. Now, let's say that again. I think, I think there's a dilemma. I think we're, we're somewhere on the tightrope. We're somewhere in this weird dilemma that we've got to get clarity and the eyes of our understanding need to be open. That God has already done and provided so much that which we should not be begging for anymore. It is provided. He has blessed us with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places by Christ Jesus. It's provided. But then there are things that we are praying for and we're asking God to do, which God actually expects us to do. And he expects us to do them by faith. He expects us to be doing them partnering with him as a father and son or as a father and daughter. You've got to partner together. You've got to prioritize these things in your life. And Jesus is saying, you cannot just hear what I'm saying. You have to do it. Uh, we are notorious for being people that hear and stamp an amen on it and shake our hands. And, man, that was good. But we are so notoriously bad for implementation. God. Are you here with me? See, what we cannot control, what none of us in this room can control is what happens to us. But you can control what happens in you. It's not what happens to you. It's what happens in you. Do you know that the Bible, it teaches us concerning the fruit of the Spirit? It says the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. That's just good news right there. I, I can't control anybody. Newsflash, okay? I, I don't control my wife. I don't control my kids. I don't control this environment. I don't control people. I've been anointed by the Holy Spirit to move in self-control. Are you hearing this? It's a fruit. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Self-control. It's not what happens in you. Brother, you're going to go through things that you're never going to be able to explain. It's what happened to you. Some of you in this room, you've went through things that are unexplainable. But it's not what happened to you that defines you. It's what happens in you that defines you. That on the other side of the storms that you are pressing through and the winds of adversity are hitting you in the face, in your soul, in your spirit, that God walks you through as a son and a daughter and he says, cling to my word, cling to my promise, declare my word, declare my promise. And he'll see you through that storm on the other side.
And then you'll be able to do some spiritual inventory. And you'll see that the gold is really in you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, thank you, Lord. Have you ever heard these words before that actions speak louder than words? Anybody ever heard that? Sounds like a familiar phrase in this church. Actions speak louder than words. It's an expression that comes to mind tonight because, see, Jesus said, I don't want you to just hear me. I want you to do them. I don't want you to just hear me. I want you to do them. And if you do them, you'll build your life right. You'll build your life right. Brother, if there's anything I want to do, I want to build my life right. Glory. You ever heard of Winston Churchill? Sure you have. He was the prime minister of the United Nations from 1940 to 1945. He was the leader of them during, the, during World War II. He was also... Um, their leader from 1951 to 1955. Here's his words. This is, this is Winston Churchill. He says, I no longer listen to what people say. I no longer listen to what people say. How many know people talk big talk? Talk, 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 talk. A big talk. Winston Churchill says, I no longer listen to what people say. I watch what they do. I watch what they do. Behavior never lies. That's a mic drop right there. One more time. He says, I no longer listen to what people say. I watch what they do. Behavior never lies. Why is this important? Because Jesus knows that like many people, we can sit and amen the message and yet not implement that word and make it part of the construct of who we really are so that the word becomes flesh in you and in me and begins to work for us so that a power from the anointing of the Holy Spirit can begin to be demonstrated. The Word has to become flesh. The Word has to begin to work in you. The Word has to become your proclamation. It's the Word of faith that is in your heart and in your mouth. It is that Word of faith that you've got to begin to operate. Amen. I'm going to keep coming after you. You've got to build with the right materials. How many, of you, how many of you love watching building shows of homes? I do. My wife and I, we love it. I, I love to see a home that's built with amazing materials, amazing resources. I, I, I get excited. <laughs> Jesus says if you build right, if you build with the right materials, your house is going to stand firm. You're going to have opposition, folks. You're going to go through trials. You're going to go through tests. No one is exempt from it. It is lofty and arrogant to think you're not going to go through some more tests in your life. You will. You will. But the good news is, is John 16, Jesus said, in this life, ha, you're going to have all kinds of trials, tribulations. He says, but I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. I've told you these things so that in me you can have peace. 
I've said many times, I'm going to say it again tonight. I believe one of the greatest manifestations upon the church that the glory of God, when we say the glory of God will be revealed upon you, I believe that one of the manifestations of the glory of God will be the peace of God resting on you when the world's in a global storm. The world will be in a global storm, but the peace of God. See, the, the glory has to look like something. The glory actually has to look like something. It will look like peace being manifested upon you in the midst of a storm. That's good news. That's good news to me. Wow. I want you to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Jesus said that the storms came, the rain beat upon that house, floods descended or ascended up. He said, but the house of the wise man, it stood, it stood. But see, there is also a day that is coming that everything will be tested by fire. There is a day that is coming where everything, according to the scriptures, it will be tested by fire. The Apostle Paul writes, are you looking at the scripture now? Are you there? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I'm going to begin to read in verse 12. Are you there? Are you there? Okay, here we go. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. Wow. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Wow. There's coming a time where God will bring a judgment, a righteous judgment to our lives because the Lord wants to render a verdict. That's what righteousness is. That's what justice is. The scriptures tell us in Psalm 89 that righteousness and, and righteousness and justice are the very throne of God. And through his fire, the way that the Lord executes righteousness is he releases fire on something to reveal its metal or its worth. And Paul begins to write and talk about gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. There's a revelation in here that our, our life has to actually be built properly again with the right resources. This is something I think we all need to examine in our own lives. Do you agree? Do you agree? I mean, really, do you agree? I think it's one of the questions we need to be asking ourselves in this life. Am I really building my life upon the rock? I'm about ready to read out of the Passion Translation. We have any fans? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see a lot. I'm going to read out of Hebrews chapter 12 tonight. Once again, the Apostle Paul, and I know that some believe that Aquila or Priscilla may have written the book of Hebrews, but I, I personally believe that the writer of Hebrews was the Apostle Paul. And in the Passion Translation, 
I want you to listen to these words tonight. I'm going to begin in verse 25. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25. He says, make very sure that you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks. I love that. Make very sure you never refuse to listen to God when he speaks. For the God who spoke the, on earth from Sinai is the same God who now speaks from heaven. Those who heard him speak his living word on earth found nowhere to hide so what chance is there that we will escape if we turn our backs on God and refuse to hear or heed his warning as he speaks from heaven? The earth was rocked at the sound of his voice. What's he talking about here? He's talking about God coming in fire on Mount Sinai, right? When they were camping there, Moses brings the children of Israel to Mount Sinai, and now we're not dealing with just a, a bush that's on fire. We're dealing with an entire mountain that is on fire, and God has covered it, and he's come and sat down in a dark, thick cloud on this mountain. Amazing. Um, one of the ministries that I follow, Joel Richardson, and I talked about him last week. He was just in Saudi Arabia and where they found Mount Sinai, and the top of that mountain is burnt to a crisp. It's black. If you, if you want to do the study on it, just go to YouTube. Type in Sinai Discovery, Joel Richardson. Have fun. You're welcome. Write me later. <laughs> I love watching this stuff. I watch it all the time. I love it. But the Lord had come down in a thick fire, a thick, dark cloud, and there were thunderings and lightnings and power being released, and God was thundering. He was speaking verbally so much it terrified. It terrified the children of Israel to hear the voice of God. So much so, are you tracking with me? So much so, the voice of God so terrified them, they begged Moses, you go into that cloud and talk to God. We'll stay out here. We'll stay out here, have a pizza night in the tent. You go talk to God, Moses. You're his friend. You can talk to God face to face. Now, this is where we're at in the scripture in Hebrews 12. He said the earth was rocked. I'm in verse 26. The earth was rocked at the sound of his voice from the mountain. But now he has promised once and for all, I'll not only shake the systems of this world, but also the unseen powers of the heavenly realm. Wow. Wow. The unseen powers of the heavenly realm. God's going to rock it. Now this phrase, once and for all, it clearly indicates a final removal of things that are shaking. That is the old order. So only what is unshakable will Remain. Since we are receiving, I love how this is word, worded. Since we are receiving our rights, <laughs> our rights to an unshakable kingdom, we should be extremely thankful to offer to God our purest worship that delights His heart as we lay down our lives in absolute surrender, filled with awe, for our God is a holy devouring fire. 
Hallelujah. I don't have to stand up here and convince you that the world is shaking, that madness is breaking forth. We've never seen a day like these days, folks. It's called the harvest that Jesus preached about in Matthew 13. The harvest of every seed that has been sown is now reaching its fullness of maturity. Nations are shaking. Governments are shaking. Systems are shaking. I mean, businesses are shaking. I mean, you stand up and say anything. You stand up and say anything to stand on God's word or or what God has said. You're going to meet some serious resistance. How many of you have noticed that truth is highly flammable in this hour? Are you hearing what I'm saying? I mean, all, I mean, you can just sell chicken sandwiches and people will hate your guts. Some of you got that. I'll meet you there after service for a strawberry shake if you want to do it. I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, you can be Chick-fil-A and just stand with God. And yet, you'll have a militant attack against you and your company and your business. See, see, why is everything rattling and being shaken? Because there is an anti-Christ spirit. There is an anti-God spirit that hates everything about Christ, that hates everything about the beloved Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world. You better believe there is an anti-Christ spirit that hates everything about you, everything you stand for, everything you believe. And when you stand up and begin to declare His Word and boldness and authority, I'm going to tell you what, the backlash will be stunning. But see, God is preparing His church for this hour. God is preparing and building a church that the gates of hell do not prevail against it. See, God wants our lives. Man, come on, church. Come on. Come on. God wants your life built so powerful. God wants your life built so mighty, so full of character, so full of integrity, so full of the anointing, so full of courage and boldness and power of the Holy Ghost that you can withstand in this hour of evil so that you can stand up against the winds of adversity in a, di- in a divine confrontation that is coming to the earth where the, where the sons and the daughters of God will stand up to meet the challenges of the enemy face to face. We're coming into an hour of divine confrontation. And that's why God wants to build your life mighty and strong in this hour. So that you're not moved by seductive spirits that'll just wind you down. That'll drain you out. That'll dilute your spirit. God wants you strong, built, secure, fierce in His presence. Your house is built right because the storms are coming. But praise God, our houses will not be destroyed. What's your life built upon? I mean, really, what is your life built upon? They're real questions. Is is your life built on your house? Is your life built on your 401K? Is your life built on your cars? 
Is your life built on your stuff? Is your life built on your looks? Is your life built on your image? Is your life built on your, your job? Is your life built on your gifts? There's only one firm foundation. It's Christ alone. It's Christ alone. It's Christ alone. It's Christ alone. Christ alone. You know what's it's interesting? In Matthew chapter 7, as we go back there for a moment, Jesus starts hitting something about human nature that I think we need to point out on the Sermon of the Mount. Jesus knows something about human nature, doesn't he? <laughs> I feel that when I say it. He knows that people are going to agree with his teaching. Boy, that, I'll tell you what, for a carpenter, that boy can preach. That Nazareth boy, he's got something going on. I, I feel something. I, I feel a little ditty when he starts preaching. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That boy good. He good. He good. That boy good. But he also knows that people can hear it and go away and not do jack squat with it. Jack squat in the Hebrew means you'll figure it out. See, when we hear, when we hear, we have to make adjustments. We have to make changes. When you hear, you have to make a lifestyle change to align yourself. That prophetic word that came forward tonight was so key. It's a word that we know. It's in the Greek. I'm going to really blow you away tonight. In the Greek, it's the word kardazitso. And the word kardazitso means to take a bone or a joint and snap it back into place or position. When something is out of joint or, or, or it's out of place or out of socket, when the Lord comes, it's called kardazitso. And when He comes, He moves it and aligns it back into its original intention so it has full strength. That's what was being declared in this room tonight. So that God can come and give you another alignment. I, I love the word, and for some of us, it was maybe a final alignment. I remember when our son was going through months and months of treatments to align his back and his neck. Well, finally, we came to a final appointment. I believe, I believe that in some realms of our lives, there is that final adjustment in an area where God can bring us into an exceeding greater victory. Amen? It's what He's wanting to do. You have to make adjustments. And Jesus knows, He knows that somewhere between our head and our good intentions that things get lost. We might agree with them that they're good ideas. Let me, let me share with you what those good ideas sound like. Can I give you a couple? Can I try you on for size tonight? Can I do that? How about this side? Can I, can I see how you're doing? Are you good on this side? Okay, this side's better. What, what's the matter? Okay, come on. Okay, okay so here's, so here's some of the, let's just call them ideas at this point. We're at the Sermon of the Mount, and, and, and Jesus throws this one out. Hey, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, turn to them the other. 
you know, up until this point, I mean, that boy was good. He was preaching something good, but that really ticked me off. Can't you just see him listening to Jesus? And Jesus throws him another one. Here's a curve. Ready? You ready for the curveball? Love your enemies. Then he tells them, uh, you can't serve God and mammon at the same time. Wow. Then he says, do not judge. Then he says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Then he says, pray for those who despitefully use you. Then he says, bless those who curse you. Man, Jesus is throwing fastballs, curveballs. He's throwing it all. But here's where it's at. Again, we hear it, but Jesus said, if you hear these things, and if you do them, you'll build your life right. If you do them. Don't just hear the word. Obey them. Don't just hear the word. Obey them. Now, what I'm about to say is very, very strong. But it's the words of Jesus. He says, if you love me, obey me. And right now, we're in a generation of time where they hear and they think they can pick or choose with what they're willing to do or what they feel comfortable with doing. I'm telling you folks, our lives have to be conformed fully to the word of the Lord. You can't pick and choose what you want to yield to. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. He didn't just say, you know, pick the ones you like, run with it, see how it works. No, no. No, he said, if you love me, obey my commands. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Bless those who curse you. Wow. Here we go. Jesus finishes the Sermon of the, on the Mount with a warning. Have you ever noticed that? Jesus ends the Sermon on the Mount with a warning. Okay? The warning is this. If you fail to implement these teachings, if you just hear them and you don't do them, you're building your life on sand. And eventually, the storm's going to come. It's going to wash it out. It's sobering stuff. Jesus was the greatest teacher to walk planet Earth. In 2019, we need to be heeding and hearing this. And we need to be implementing the Word of God and conforming our lives to the Scriptures and to the words that Jesus taught us. Amen? We can't just say, oh, that was a good message. We have to go, God... Conform me into your image. Make me strong. Make me fierce. Make me courageous. Make me bold to embrace the fullness of your gospel and of your cross. Are you with me tonight? Wow. So I'm going to end with this tonight. I'm going to end with Isaiah 60 this evening. Isaiah 60. Hmm. These are powerful words, and these are echoes of Isaiah tonight, echoes of Isaiah. He said, arise and shine, 
for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will rise upon you and the glory will appear upon you. And his glory will appear on you. I'm telling you, folks, you got to grab hold of that. The glory will appear on you. The glory will appear on you. I'm telling you what, you need to make that your declaration this week. Put it in your journal and say it throughout this entire week. The glory is going to appear on me. Say it over your life. Say it over your family. Say it over your children. Say it over victory. The glory is going to appear upon us. The nations will come to your light. It means people are going to see you. They're going to see the glory of God upon you. They're going to come to your rising. And he says, so you lift up your eyes all around and see that gather to you, come to you, your sons and daughters from afar. Your daughters will be carried in their arms, to you in their arms. And then you will see and you will be radiant. And your heart will be thrilled and rejoice. Because of the abundance of sea has been turned to you and the wealth of nations will come to you. Wow. What a promise. We're in an epic moment of time, ladies and gentlemen. Let us examine how we're building our house. Are we building on the solid rock, which is none other than Christ alone, or are we building on seeking sand? I pray to God we're not building on seeking sand. I want to close with this tonight. You know, everyone in this church that knows that I, I love our country deeply. Everyone knows that. I know you are mighty patriots. I know you love this country deeply. And while I appreciate their, I appreciate our government, <clears throat> I support them in any way that I can and not undermine them and not tear them down. I will tell you, folks, they are not the kingdom of God. The government of this nation is not the kingdom of God. In Daniel chapter 2, you'll find that the kingdoms of this world, they really start to crumble. And that's where we started at the front of this train. And in the book of Revelation, we, we come to a place where the apostle John sees these mountains crumbling. But he sees another ascending mountain that becomes bigger than all the other mountains. And it's none other than the kingdom of God. Because the kingdoms of this earthly realm will become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. That's what the prophet wrote. I want to pray for you tonight. I want you to put your Bibles aside. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for us. Father, you know what next, what the next hour holds in our life. You already know. You know what next week looks like for us. You know what next month and what next year holds for us. And you know the storms that are coming. 
Father God, I pray humbly, Father, that your Holy Spirit will abide and increase within us, increase in greater measure, and that our trust would increase in greater measure to the Holy Spirit, that we will be ready and prepared for whatever storm may come. That you would prepare the body of Christ in America for the storms that are coming. That, Lord, we will be found faithful. I pray for this family that we're found faithful, that we're found valiant, that we're found burning, we're found loving, we're found serving. We're found standing up at the right times and bowing down humbly and getting low at the right times too. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're preparing us. Even now, I thank you that you've been washing us with your word tonight. You've been empowering us with the word tonight. You have been melting our spirit to conform to the word once again tonight. I thank you for your perfect work, Lord. I thank you that you are the one you complete every work that you begin. You're the author and you're the finisher. I thank you, God, that you're working in your church from the Carolinas to California, from us to Alaska. You're working in your people and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Tonight, victory, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bless you. I bless you to be mighty men of God. I bless you to be mighty women of God. I bless you in your secret place with the Lord as you're building your inner life. I bless you in the secret place with the Lord as you build your inner life. You build your house as a wise man, as a wise woman of God. I bless you in your communion with the Holy Spirit, with your fellowship with the Lord. I bless you in your time in the Word, that mighty revelation will come and be breathed afresh in your spirit, new life, winds of God, new life blown into you. I pray for freshness of communion with the Lord. And I pray this entire week for every day, God, that we're growing stronger. We're growing stronger. That this house is being properly built for the glory of God. In the name of Jesus, I bless you tonight. I strengthen you. Amen. And amen. Amen? Praise God. Let's stand. Come on, give the Lord praise tonight. Come on, give him praise tonight. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.